Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Wow, that guy's awake today. A little bit more than usual. All right, <laughs> so today we have the Conzi with the most coming at you. Stark Raven Mad is awake. Hey, all right. Ready to go. How's it been going? No more school. Well, no more semester of school. I'll be back in the fall. But it's summertime. That is happy times. Freedom is being joined in, in full force. Plus, Derby's slowed down a little bit too for you, hasn't it? Yeah, our home season wrapped up a couple weeks ago. There'll be, there's only like three bouts over the summer for the interleague play. You can check out the Dairyland Dolls. Be in action. As what's kind of become the, the normal status quo here, the cheese curd himself, Robert Elmer, has missed another episode. Unfortunately, A-wall. he's at a wedding, I think, today, so. So we've been told. So we, we didn't, we couldn't push back or reschedule to try to fit him in. So apologize for that. I, I know some of you guys want to hear him again, but, uh, we'll go ahead and catch him or pick him up, uh, for the next episode for certain. Can harass him on the website to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Send him some emails. Tell him he's got to make some episodes here. Want to f- go ahead and, and just do a quick thanks to all of our sponsors for that have been with the show and back in the show for a long time. Let's go ahead and start with Prism Gaming. You can check them out at prism-gamer.com. You got over seventy paints in their paint range, as well as uh, lots of little tools and, and tokens and stuff like that you can use in your Warhammer games. So make sure you get over there, check them out, and if you're in the Was area, also check out ROE Games. It's a great store. Lots of gaming, lots of wargaming expertise there. Probably Wausau's premier wargaming store now at this point. I'm sure it is. Next up, you got the Last Square. Nailed it. The LastSquare.com. <laughs> yep, I didn't mix that mix that up again. I've got it straight. Carl had a good talking to me. We got it straight. <laughs> uh, so the Last Square, you can catch them at LastSquare.com. You get a 20% off on Games Workshop product. You just got to get on the phone and call them. So if you're out of Madison or or whatever, you know, outside of that area, you know, where you can't hit their brick and mortar store, you can always call them up and get get product. Uh, or go ahead and if you're in Madison, go right to their brick and mortar store over on Odana Road, especially on Tuesday nights. Yeah, especially on Tuesday nights where you can catch our group playing Warhammer. We had I think six games going at once the other day. Yeah, I heard there is, was like thirteen people there even or something. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We really keep growing the group. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's it was re- it's really getting to be a lot of fun. Like it's really getting to that point. It took us a little while to to build up that fantasy crowd, but now it's really turning the corner. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll keep just doing nothing but growing that group. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'll actually be there pretty quick. Finally, now that school's up. <laughs> That's awesome. Of course, then you got Misty Mountain Games and Diversions here on Madison's East Side, right down the street from Dugan's Delft Studios. Misty Mountain Games and Diversions is Madison's largest and, and biggest gaming space available. So if you have anything you're trying to run as an event, a game vendor, whatever, go ahead and talk to the friendly staff at Misty Mountain Games. They'll help you out, as well as lots and lots of gaming products from almost any genre. And if it's not on the shelves, they'll be able to go ahead and get it ordered in for you. Finally, the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League, the WWHFB. In the new term. Yep, in the new league term. So if you're playing Warhammer in Wisconsin, go ahead and make sure you check out the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles website. Go ahead and get registered for the league term and start scoring your games against your buddies. 
playoffs this year will be in it's i think it's going to be in madison for this term and it's going to be a standard uh, rogue trader type tournament so if you qualify and i think it's going to be the top eight people i think that's what you said yep i think that's what i'm gonna what it's officially going to be the top eight people will qualify and get into that tournament for free everybody else will have to pay a small entry fee if they want to get into that tournament that tournament will happen in august we'll be in madison probably at the last square and uh, we'll go ahead and, and see who is the league term champion. All right. So what do we want to talk about today, Brian? I think we're talking about stuff we never see on the table or hardly ever see on the table. Yep, those unseen lurker-type units. The units that just, for whatever reason, people don't want to take. So we're going to try to we're going to delve into those and see if we can come up with Mean to be some reasons why people don't take them, and also maybe some reasons to justify putting them out of the table for folks. Okay, so we got together on episode thirty-three. Was the last time we actually sat down in the studio and talked. Yep, yep. So it's been a little bit um, since we've gotten together and talked. So what have we kind of gotten together and done in the hobby, game-wise, and uh, since the last time we talked? I haven't done much. I don't think I've played a miniatures game, honestly. Or we played Blood Bowl once. Yeah, we got a game of Blood Bowl in. The Norse got vengeance on those dark elves. Oh, yeah, it was like the exact opposite. You <laughs> it get, was. I had, what, two guys dead before I the even had a turn? first two punches, they were dead, man. Yeah, we rolled. Great. Yeah, we, you know, we were playing a one-off game, so it wasn't yeah. a campaign, but we did roll to see what happened to them, and they were both dead. Yep. So that was great. They got vengeance, laid the smack down on the dark elves. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. But There's still a couple of spots where I could have came yeah. back and, and got at least a point or two. Yeah, for sure. It was really close. It still was a pretty close game for considering the score, I guess. It was still fun. Yeah, it was a lot of I think the second half really kind of came back, and that first half was just miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. <laughs> Stuff just kept getting knocked off the pitch or was laying down. But that second half, I was able to kind of get things around. I had like a couple of scoring opportunities where I just flubbed a dice roll and, you know, where it was a, a makeable roll too. Yeah, you, you were know, rolling three lots plus of ones. <laughs> I, The <laughs> dice gods definitely hated me with no rerolls, and that ends your turn in Blood Bowl. But that was about it. Besides the yeah. big board game day yesterday. Yeah, we had the big board game day yesterday. How many games did you play, and what games did you um, play, Brian? Well, I played at least three different games. I missed uh, Lords of Waterdeep. I was here a little late, so I missed the play of that. We never got it out again. That's a fun game. I did have a lot of fun playing Sentinels of the Multiverse. What what's that game about? Uh it's pretty cool. You're well, I'm not I don't remember exactly how many players you can have, but it's at least like three to six or something like that. And there's a bunch of different heroes you choose, each player chooses a hero, and you're playing a co op against the game. There's a bit a villain you're trying to take down and there's multiple villains and multiple uh universes you can play against them in, and then there's so many hero choices, it's makes for a pretty diverse game it's a lot of a lot of replayability we played three games like back to back and every single one was different and interesting so that was a really cool game i would like to see it again about how long does it take to knock out a game of that i guess i didn't have a good track of time i, it's, I think we minutes. probably played the four game well the three games in like 45 minutes but the first one we like laid the smack down on the villain and then the second one, we picked a harder villain, and that guy laid the smack down on us. And then I'd say the third game was a little more ner- normal, and that was probably 20 to 30 minutes, I would say. Okay. And there was a little bit of fight there, so that was probably what a normal game would usually go like. 
Okay. And the next game, I guess I finally got to play Seven Wonders. Not a terrible fan of it. I guess I only played a couple games, so I probably don't have a good sense of the strategy. Were they using all of the... Uh, well, we played the expansion? base version once, okay, and then we played some of the expansions in the second one, but not with all of the stuff for it. Okay. Like I said, I still didn't really pick Grasp the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that game yet. I guess I have to play it a little more to have a little better idea of what I'm doing to judge what I think of it. It takes a couple of times. I really recommend new players. It takes a couple of times yeah. to run through just the core set before you start throwing in I think that a bunch of expansions. Because, well, we did we did do leaders in the second game. That was kind of interesting, but it didn't really affect my play at all. felt like our cards were pretty bad the second game, too. <laughs> so it seemed like everybody was struggling a little bit as far as what you wanted to do and being able to accomplish that. But I'll have to play it again, definitely, to judge that. And then the last game we played quite a few runs of Escape. Brand yeah, new game, you just busted out of the box. Yeah, we just showed, showed up from Amazon. <laughs> it was and, pretty uh, cool, though. Yeah, it was, that was really cool. Escape is a, a real-time board game where you know, you've know you got 10 minutes to complete the game, and you've got this audio track, and it's got some gongs and doors opening and whatever, which signal certain things that you're supposed to do or have to do by the time the when the gong sounds, you have something you have to do within so much time. If you don't co- complete it, then you uh, suffer like a, you lose a dice that you can roll, and you're just basically just rolling dice, rolling dice, rolling, rolling dice, dice while trying like to yell crazy. at everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try- while you're trying to yell at everybody over the music, and you're, I don't know. It was pretty nuts. It seemed really simple, but I don't know. It was still a lot of fun. It was just a bunch of random craziness. Yep, but it was still a pretty good time. Yeah, and we, it was really we, quick, only ten we, minutes we, though. So we lost our first game, but we managed to win the next two. So yep, I think we figured it out a little bit more. Yeah, it was keep all packed up and go, yep. go, go. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But that was all I got in yesterday. Yeah, I got the, I got to play on the game of Seven Wonders because I was obviously hosting board game day, so I was here for that. Or, not Seven Wonders, sorry, wrong game. I got to play on the game Lords of, of Water Lords of Waterdeep. Yep. And that, that game is always as fun. I've played a lot of it lately. Not that it makes me any good, obviously. I think I came <laughs> in like third in this game. We had like two new players. Yeah, I really like that game. I've only played it the once, but I'm sorry I got missed the chance to play it again. And then what else did I play? I played a game of I don't remember. You were playing I don't Chaos in the Old World. Yeah, we did play a game of Chaos in the Old World, which is always good. We had it was a four player game, which I don't get to play that game very often. There was a lot of uh, how do the rules work? How do the rules work? Because me, it was two new people, and it was me and Brian uh, Giese from the Crippled Carnage System thing. podcast. And, uh, he, we, we, we both had played a bunch before, but both, neither of us had played very recently, so we were looking up the rules a little bit, and there was a little bit of stall, which stagnated the game a little bit, but once we got those, our rules quandaries squared away, then we were pretty good. Uh, so that, that was a lot of fun. Of course, I played Escape a bunch. Um, played that other weird just, wizard thing. In yeah, this where you cast spells, and they were all <laughs> just kind of funky, and it was obvious that it was all kind of, adulted up with some, <laughs> some interesting things so it was it was a great game too it was it was one of my favorite games i played of the day but <laughs> it uh, sounds yes- like it from downstairs yeah. yesterday just was a, a great day all in all with all the board games and stuff that we got to play yeah so i had a good time it was a nice game, day of games definitely had definitely had a good time and that's that's one of the things we're just changing it up and going from like you know normally playing warhammer or whatever to play in a, a day of board games like that just 
it was great. And I got to hang out with a bunch of people I don't normally get to hang out with, too. So there was a bunch of the guys from the War Machine crowd that's here in town that I don't, since I'm not really actively playing a lot of War Machine right now, I'm really not playing any because I don't have my stuff painted. <laughs> Conzi's challenge has bit me again. No, not really. I'm really kind of glad that it doesn't because now I'm not, I'm not pushing my schedule any worse than I am. And I am working on trying to get those models painted again. But it was a good day. So, did you get anything painted recently? I've yeah, done put, nothing. Put in anything the together? I still, yeah, I haven't done nothing. You didn't get that Minoth put together? <laughs> nope, I haven't touched them. What a slap! I, I don't know. I'm feeling motivated again, so that's good. Well, I had just finished exams a couple weeks ago, and then last week was my relaxation week so i think i got the motivation back i'll sometimes that's accomplishing some stuff you got a long ways to go before you have the vampires counts armies painted up to like whatever two thousand points or so what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i've been really lax on that for sure but i want to get the men off guys together so i have something to play out on wednesday nights again so that's cool we'll get there it should be pretty good i mean all i'm gonna do is assemble them i just got the battle box so it's three jacks and the caster so once I get a chance to work on it, I mean, it won't be anything. So, no, it's definitely cool. I I've gotten a little bit actually accomplished recently. Of course, if you've been following me on the or following the Wisco Dice page on Facebook or following me on Twitter, you've been seeing all those pictures go up as I accomplish and get things painted. Uh, but just to go ahead and go through some of the stuff that I finished recently, which hasn't been a, I know I was really on a painting kind of theory. <laughs> Uh, going into February and March, and it's kind of backed off. A big reason of that is I've really started to try to focus. I, I wanted to take my Tomb Kings to Blood in the Sun this year, and so I kind of locked in and started to focus on painting on those and for the next month or two until Blood in the Sun. Are you going to make it? It's going to be tight, but close. I think I'm going to be in okay shape. I might end up having to borrow some painted models from some people, but... What? But I, but it's mostly just skeleton archers at that point. Yeah, I suppose. And I really it could probably knock some out, some hey, some bad. I have quick ten paint. archers you could borrow. Yeah, see, <laughs> I think uh, when we recorded last, I hadn't finished my war sphinx, my second war sphinx yet. So that is finished now. That took. I, we don't even want to talk about how many <laughs> ridiculous man hours I put into that thing. I had to have logged something like that was 20, no, that was number two. Yeah, somewhere between 20 or 30 hours on that model. It, it was just ridiculous. And then I finished up some more of the bolt-action late-war German infantry. So I've got 10 of those guys done. Remember I was talking about I wanted to get two squads of five and then a tank done. And I've got the tank. I've got the, uh, what, I think it's a Tiger. I don't know. I think I saw it on your table yesterday. Or no, it's a Panzer. i got a Panzer Poking tank. Around. Yeah, it's about half done. I've got the camouflage about halfway there. Yep. I'll have to highlight it and stuff. But that'll be... That that might get finished before because I just want to get it off the table at this point, so it's out of the way. So I might get that finished before too long, before the next time we record. But I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when we set. I start setting my goals. I did finish up my Tomb King on Chariot. Yep. So King Ramen now has a foot version and a chariot mounted version. Release the noodles. <laughs> Man, no appreciation. And then I think I, I really kind of locked in and focused pretty hardcore on this Reaper Barrow Warden mixed stick model that I'm going to use for on Hierophants. I didn't seen that before. For a it's a pretty, pretty cool looking model. I like it. Yeah, I, I just finished them up. I got them all done the other day. I really, really is one of the sharpest models I've, I think I've done in the entire army as far as 
the color, the way the colors and the highlighting, I, I really worked hard on trying to get the blues and the, and the reds and worked a little bit different. I did the red highlighting just a touch differently than I had on the other models and it really came together really nice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting him on the table in a few more games. Yeah, I didn't catch it in person yet, but yeah, the Pixar looked pretty good. Not to mention that that got me over the edge, so I'm now at 2,000 points. Holy cow! I can feel the two an actual 2,000 point army. It's only 38 models, but it's 2,000 <laughs> points. It does require double level fours, but whatever. We're closing in. I still have. I think I figured it out. I have 28 models officially that I have to finish for Blood in the Sun. That's not too bad. And that includes four of those are monstrous calves, four Necronites, Ooh. and then 20 more archers. Yeah, so those all assembled already, too? The archers are not built. Uh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Since you love assembly so much. Yeah. That'll be kind of rough. <laughs> I do have like 10 archers that are built, that are painted, like 10 or 11, that are built and painted, but they're not painted by me. Yep. But they just, when I got the Tomb Kings, they were already painted and they're not based at all so i have those as kind of fallback and then i if i need i'll need command models for that unit and stuff so that does get things a little more unreasonable by blood in the sun and that is coming up right around the corner but that is going to mean i'm going to spend a lot of man hours sitting on that painting desk absorbing some painting time trying to get that knocked out and get that finished up Especially the Necronites. I really need to get those. I need to get, I think I, I think I could borrow the rest of the Necronites, but I have to have a banner bearer in my unit. Oh, yeah. Those will be quite a bit of work, too. And, yeah. There's a lot of surface area on those models. But I'm going to really just focus on getting those base coated and then move on to the archers with base coats. Just get the colors on them. And then, yep, just get the colors on them so there's no primer showing, get the bases all so there's not no primer showing. And then I'll loop back and start focusing on doing some of the highlighting and detail work. That's a good that way I can try to hit the goals. And worst case scenario, I won't be able to count those to my, to my painting checklist for that competition with Mr. Andrew Sherman of Ohio Hammer. But that means after Blood in the Sun, I won't be like panicking to finishing things <laughs> to try to but, you know, get models. I'll have the models that are already two thirds of the way finished. How are you doing in the challenge? Right now, I'm taking out a small lead. <laughs> small. After Adepticon, both of us kind of locked down into slower modes, and I think Andrew kind of took some time off after after Adepticon. But I see that Andrew's kind of logged in some more some more stuff now. So I think it's two twenty three to two nineteen officially is the wow. current score as of today. So it is tight. So you're going for 500 by the end of the year, right? <laughs> I'd like to see 500 done. If I could get 500 on the, with the way with the way we're scoring it That'd be by the end crazy. of the year, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would be really, really cool. I'd have all those models done. You're on so. track, I mean. I know, like I, I really, I, I had a bunch of like Flames of War stuff that my Americans that was just kind of sitting on the shelf and never got painted on it, and now it's all painted up. Yeah, I saw them down there. They're all done. Yeah, there's, there's still some things, like I have some, I have an engineering squad that I need to do, and I've got a, another artillery, another couple of artillery pieces I can, I haven't even built that I can do up. But yeah, I really, and I'm really happy, and I'm kind of excited to play that game too, because I've got them all painted up, and I want to put them on the table. Yeah, I want to play some bolt action. I have to get the models first, though. Yeah. And you have to paint yours. <laughs> I'm only a tank away from being able to actually play put something I think, on the a table, game. yeah. I should just grab a box of Americans. I think I finally decided to go with Americans. It's it's probably the easiest to find color schemes for like American stuff because obviously, so the some winners... historical person doesn't yell at me for painting them purple or something. Well, <laughs> not so much, but it's 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 kind of nice to be able to try to match them up to say a uh, uh, an actual squad or an actual company or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it would make sense. 
So, all right. Uh, what else do we have? Lost my outline. Okay, so uh, I think that kind of covers all the things we've touched on hobby-wise and gaming-wise recently. So let's go ahead at this point and take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll go ahead and get into our gaming spotlight. What about awesome miniatures? And awesome miniatures. <laughs> and maybe some cheese curd stuff. Holy cow. Woohoo! Okay, let's take a break. What what's that place? The last the last circle? The the last triangle? No wait, the last square. That's what it is. The last square located on Odana Road. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah, they have the huge selection of miniatures. Everything from five millimeter scale all the way up to twenty five, twenty eight, everything you could imagine. Yeah, it's the basically the war game store of Madison, Wisconsin, with every wargaming need you can just about imagine or think you wanted and a lot of things you didn't even know you wanted. Exactly. They also have model railroads and rockets. All sorts of good stuff for the geek in ya. Alright. And if you can't get to the square, you can always check them out on their website, thelastsquare.com. Exactly. And we're back. Back. Now time for the gaming spotlight. Okay. I have <laughs> definitely not lost anything on that. So, <laughs> Okay, so this is our time. We usually talk about something not Warhammer related. Not that we've talked about a lot of Warhammer thus far. Nope. But... This is our gaming spotlights, what we throw in every few episodes to kind of talk about a board game that's maybe caught our eyes or that we've played recently that we're really excited about. And in this today's gaming spotlight, we're going to talk about the Impact City Roller Derby game, which I backed on Kickstarter and it just showed up uh, probably two, three weeks ago. So we played a game of it. And if you don't know, we obviously, Brian, you're a ref for the Mad Roland Dolls. Yep, I don't know anything about Derby. So, yeah, you definitely don't know <laughs> the first thing about what Roller Derby is. But why don't you tell us a little bit what Roller Derby is, because that's kind of the foundation of what this game plays kind of like. Uh, well, it does follow the flat track Roller Derby, as I guess the setup for the game. So there's just a pack of blockers, four from each team make up the pack, and then there's also a jammer from each team. One, and they're the ones they're trying to lap the pack and they score points for a pass in their opposing blockers. So after kinda, the first pass, yep, right? after the first pass. And yeah, so the blockers are playing kind of offense and defense at the same time while their jammers are trying to score the points is a very simple version and they're all hitting yep. each other around and stuff. So yep, knocking things around, knocking girls around and stuff like that, which this game definitely does capture a bit of that. A little. It's, it, I think as we were playing it a little bit more, the second and third jam, it kind of, it kind of became a little bit more apparent uh, how to play it. And then the game goes for a max of three jams, which a jam is basically that it line up everything and goes. And an actual roller derby, how long is a jam? It'd be two minutes normally or until the jam is called by the lead jammer, if there is one. Yep. So if the one of the girls makes, one of the jammer girls makes it as lead jammer, they can call off the jam at any time, which the game has. Yep. And it, it goes around a circular track on the board, and the, the board's all marked out with little spaces to, to represent that. There's also limited to two scoring passes in the game, too. Though. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, I think that was correct. Two, per two jam, that is. Two scoring passes would end a jam as well, which yep. is the, how they time it to two minutes. 
And uh, yeah, I, I, it was a good game. It was fun. I, I I enjoyed playing it. It was fun enough. I think if we played it again, it I don't know. I'd want to play it again. I guess I'm yeah. still kind of iffy on it. I, I think <laughs> I think you're coming from it from more of the more of what roller derby should be. Yeah, and, and it doesn't it, play like that, which it it's doesn't quite nail it. I really guess. simplified. I, I very simplified. I was really hoping <laughs> yes. when I heard about it because I because it's Impact City. City Roller Derby was it, the game itself is done by Springboard. Impact Miniatures had a huge role in, in the creation of this game, and they had all these really cool derby miniatures. Yeah, the figs are really cool. That are really awesome. And I was, when I saw those figs, I was hoping they were going to kind of pair it up because they've got some other games like Elf, Elf Ball and whatever mm-hmm. that that they've got that are really cool games and play really well and i was hoping for a game that was more like almost more like a roller derby but let's play it's blood bowl roller derby that's what i, was I don't hoping. need orcs and whatever but just the different human teams and maybe like a campaign and something like that and it definitely fell a little short on that it definitely wasn't complex enough for something like that it's just a really quick pick up and play kind of thing yep which which honestly i think is really good because for like when we have the roller derby Udo parties and stuff like that, there's some gamers there, but there's a lot of girls that when we have those parties and they come over, <laughs> they're, they're having fun and drinking beer and they don't want anything too overly complex. And this is a great game for them because it's not, it's not too complex. Of course, it does fall short in a couple of the derby specifics. Mm-hmm. The blockers, there's not enough blockers on the board. There should be one more technically, but I think they did that for the size of the board that they have uh-huh. that they put in the box and, there's a couple of the little nuances that were kind of annoying, but overall, I enjoy the game. I thought it was a fun game. I thought, from a fan perspective, it definitely captured the spirit of roller derby. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess my big gripes that you only play three jams for the thing, so that seemed very quick. And we kind of determined whoever got the scored the first jam. You're, I mean, you were kind of a head that way. So I don't know. It seemed kind of yeah. Weird. There was definitely a couple of spots where you got kind of an edge potentially. Yeah. It definitely, definitely. We only got one play through it, so there's definitely some. I think once we were both better at it, yeah, it would be a, probably a little more interesting game. My biggest, my biggest complaint about the game, and this, is, and I shouldn't, we don't want to, I don't want to dwell about something that we didn't uh, like, yeah. didn't like, because I did like the game. I would say it's like a six point five on Board Game Geek because my personal rating out of ten. The one thing I really kind of thought was bad as far as the game itself was the comp- it, the components seemed a little bit light for the price tag that it's going to come out. I think it's they want a fifty dollar price point for it. Yeah. It seems really light for the number of components, and the wooden toggles seem very they they did not want to stand up. They were too tall. Yeah, they were too tall and narrow, so they fell over quite a bit. It didn't really affect too much though really but it was kind of frustrating having to go back and stand up your guys all the time and stuff and Uh you know they had the concept of like when you're done moving your dude turn it around and stuff like that so that kind of lost some of the visual component too for you uh, of the game and i think that'd be kind of frustrating or maybe you're gonna want to get the miniatures all painted up that'd be kind of annoying i think there's ways you could get around it but Overall, good game. I definitely enjoyed it. I would definitely say that if you're a big roller derby fan, it's worth picking up. Otherwise, go ahead and, and find another board game for your collection. That works. All right. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and jump into the cheese curd next. Ooh. So we got a couple of questions we're going to grab off the 
Facebook page that Robert had asked recently to talk about. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to kind of get this out there for folks to ask any questions, really, being that it's Sunday on a holiday weekend here in the U.S. Apologize for that one, but we'll go ahead and answer a couple of questions that Robert posted out there and see if we can go ahead and and come up with some kind of logical answer that might be able to help you or other people. One of the first questions is... When it comes to Bretonians, is it best to paint each each night with a unique color scheme and heraldry, or is it better to try to adopt a more general and unified color scheme, maybe across entire units or across the whole army, like you would with other Warhammer Fantasy armies? So, what do you think, Brian? Uh, I guess. I can go either way. Uh, personally, I was going to paint mine more like a regular army. So like each unit was going to kind of have its own theme, especially as far as like whether it was Errantry or uh, Knights of the Realm or Grail Knights. I guess I was going to paint them a specific theme that way and group them together. But yeah, they definitely weren't going to have unique heraldry. I was actually, I guess my general had kind of a theme to them and the whole army was going to be like my general's army. So not all the knights were going to be unique and that's how I was going to run it. Um, but I do think it looks pretty cool when you have each knight with their own heraldry, though. Sure. So I could go either way. I like them both. Okay, and I, and I think that's right. I think the one thing you have to be aware of when you do the unique heraldry perspective and the unique colors for each knight is that you need to have something still to try to tie everything together as still a unified army. It, yeah, for It's sure. really cool to see all those bright colors on all the different units, but it's... It's really easy. If everything is kind of rainbow-colored and, and all over the place, it tends to be a little bit too much for the eye to take in all of it at once. Uh-huh. And some of your really, you know, when you start getting into maybe doing a, a really, really intense paint job on something where you really spend a lot of time on it, if every single model's like that and it's all over the place with all these different colors and units, it can be almost too much for the eye and gets overlooked. So I would say that you got to try to find a way to make all of your models still tie into each other. So uh, I would always say, hey, if you're going to do this, try to find a way to make sure that, like, hey, this unit's got uh, red and blue is a lot in this unit. And the basing is obviously still consistent across the entire army, which is pretty yeah, standard for, sure. for anything. But, you know, try to find a way to make make this unit have a lot of red and blue and maybe then make the next unit have a lot of blue and green or, or whatever. It might doesn't have to be every single model in that unit, but a, just a, just enough so it carries and keeps keeps a little bit of consistency across the band. Obviously, all of these knights are gathered under the same lord, so there probably should be some kind of unifying little something gimme there. So that would be my personal take. Of course, when you look at my Bretonian army, it's all over the place. So what the heck? <laughs> yeah, but I, I did start it back back when uh, Goblin Green was the choice color for doing bases too. So you don't like Goblin Green? I I, I obviously I liked it because I did a lot of bases in that color. But yeah, that was kind of the standard back then in those days. So let's go ahead and move on to the next question we had there, which was how do you paint a checkered pattern? How the heck do you do that? <laughs> this is probably something a little bit more in, in my kind of camp because... I've never even thought about it. I guess I get the general idea of and I've seen it done before as far as how to do it. But yeah, I've never attempted it. <laughs> so when I, when I let's let's go ahead and, t- and talk a little bit about how, building your foundation. The first thing you want to do when you're building... At least I want to do when I paint a checkered pattern on a model 
is that I want to do the base underneath color of whatever the fabric is that's going to be checkered. Would you pick like the lighter color? Personally, yes. I, I think the lighter is a little easier to do in this case. And I want to work that up and I'm going to highlight it up as if there was no checker pattern there. So I'm going to fit and I'm going to paint it till it's finished. That makes sense. And then I'm going to use my darker color and I'm going to make, I'm going to paint in just the, the lines of the, of the actual checker pattern. So you can grid it out. So I'm going to do, yep, grid it out and I'm going to use it real watered down paint. That way, one of the bonuses of using the watered down paint is if for whatever reason my line goes askew or my brush, my brush, uh, I have a problem with the brush and I, I end up having a, a crooked line or something like that. I can quick get a little bit, I can quick take a second brush, dump it in water and just water and wash the way, wash away the mistake and start over. What about when you get into like a crease or something like that? How do you navigate your lines for that? Well, try to make it so that the crease makes sense. So bring your line around into the crease and then obviously where the fold would happen, try to then make the next line kind of go where the fold should be and then work your highlighting up to make the crease stand up, pop and, and show that it's, it's actually flowing. So, and that gets into once you have your every single little checker, you have to try to highlight them all consistently to follow the folds and the creases appropriately with the same, the same type of highlight as what you had previous. But that's why you highlighted up your undercolor as much as you, as you did originally because that gives you also a, a kind of a. It'll show you where to go, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A, a cut paint within the lines kind of highlight system now for your checkers as well still gonna be a pretty complex <laughs> it's, it's definitely painful to do yeah, I, i've done some checker patterns before on stuff it's definitely a painful project to do and it takes a mind-numbingly huge amount of time to get done but when done right it looks amazing okay so those are our questions for the cheese curd this time i want to go ahead and and make sure that if you weren't already aware, you can go ahead and email your questions into the cheese curd at wiscodice.com. Or you can go ahead and just uh, tweet your questions at hashtag the cheese curd. Or, of course, you can send us, post your qu- questions to our Facebook page or Facebook group. We'll go ahead and collect those. You can always also send those to our Google Plus account as well. So. Go ahead and and send them in. We'd love to be able to try to answer your questions on the show. Awesome models you might have missed. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What, What models are we possibly talking about here, Brian? More zombies. Zombies. We've been kind of on this undead kick lately. <laughs> we just got off our Tomb King review, and we did Vampire Counts not that long ago again. And and of course, you know, you've been, you're playing Vampire Counts pretty pretty much regularly right now. And yep. and Mrs. Conesy is jumping on the Vampire Counts bandwagon, doing her Grateful Undead Army. <laughs> so we've been really looking for alternative zombies to kind of go along with maybe some mantic zombies for her army and to go along with the games workshop zombies and what you a, find yeah we found zombie smith which is a cool little company they do a bunch of both more it's they tend to the stuff tends to be a little bit more towards the modern kind of edge when you look at their zombies but it's a lot of really cool it definitely looks like the models were all sculpted by an actual sculptor they remind me a lot of 
of 80s and 90s, early 90s and 80s uh, games workshop models. There's just a lot of character and flavor in those models. Yes, because they're kind of hand sculpted, they're probably not necessarily the best sculpts in the entire world. But they're really not, it doesn't seem like they're priced too badly either. Like, like this guy here's gut shot and he's got a big hole in his belly. That's what I like is they have a yeah. lot of character to them. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just a single zombie, they're asking for $2.75 a crack. These are metal models? Yeah, it looks like there are, I believe they are metal models. Yeah, I believe there was a picture where they were pewter. So that's always, Sounds I mean, right. pewter's a bit, a bit expensive. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely zombie Smith. It's definitely worth checking out. You can catch their website at www.zombiesmith.com. There's all sorts of stuff. You can look at their horror. They've got some fantasy stuff as well. Yeah. They have a lot of other lines on there besides the zombies. Yep. Definitely check them out. I think it's worthwhile. They're good. I think it's a good little company and they've got some cool stuff. Lots and lots of flavor. Something you can kind of add some standout dudes. Cause after you, after you plop and say 50 or 100 zombies on the, on the table, you just want something to kind of change up that look and change up what you're painting to. Only 50 to 100. Yeah. Or more. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and check them out. I definitely think it's something that will add a little bit extra character and flavor to your vampire counts armies and your, and your, mobs and mobs of zombies that you're putting on the table so if you're a vc player worth it check it out or you just want some zombies or you just want some zombies maybe you're looking <laughs> for some zombies for uh one of your zombie games like last night on earth or zombicide and you just want something a little bit different than the stock zombies that come with your game there you go okay let's go ahead and take a break when we come back we'll go ahead and get into our main topic my precious Your precious what? My precious everything. Yu-Gi-Oh, Warhammer, 40K, War Machine Hordes, everything. Everything? Yeah, it's all at Misty Mountain Games. Really? Correct. Located on Cottage Grove Road. And you know what? I hear they also have the largest gaming space in all of Madison. Don't just hear it. I know they do. All right. And also, you can check them out for board games as well, I hear. Yep, board games. They got pretty much everything. The management and the staff down there are awesome. They can hook you up with whatever you need. If it's not on the shelves, they'll make sure they get it in for you promptly and quickly. All right, well, check them out. Misty Mountain Games on Cottage Grove Road. And, of course, hit their website at mistymountaingames.com. Okay, and we're back. Are you back? Hey, over there. I'm, I'm still here. I never went anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into our main topic to, for today. It's the we're going to talk about our top units that we don't see. I think it's we've got it down to eight units that we really don't see on the Warhammer table either, like we used to, or just not at all. So what what is the the first unit we wanted to talk about? The first thing we uh, of these units or or models that we don't see pretty much ever anymore are dragons. We're counting up to the yeah. Most we're gonna uncommon. we're gonna we're gonna get to our our top one. So at number eight, we have dragons. Dragoons. So wh- why don't you think we see dragons on the table, Brian? I think primarily it's our point size. I guess close to two thousand is kind of a lot to fit a dragon in there. Usually it's like five hundred points ish for a dragon once you have a character on it at least, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is that people are wanting to jam that level four in. And when you get to choose between a level four or a character mounted on, say, a dragon, the dragon just doesn't necessarily have quite that same bang for a buck. So 
given the two choices, the dragon usually gets cut and the the level four wizard gets put in. So put a level four on a dragon in some cases. Yep, that, but I don't think I've ever <laughs> I don't seen think anybody really, really do that. Throw your wizard into combat. Yeah, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, that that too. So that, I think there's a big reason why you don't see a whole lot of dragons anymore, which is kind of sad because you used to see dragons quite a bit. I know I draw on a dragon all the time when I was running my Dark Elves Originally, back in 6th yeah. and 7th editions. I've never really played. I don't even own a dragon. <laughs> I miss the dragon wave. It's probably another that's probably another reason why you don't see a lot of dragons on the board too is just the the price per model is is pretty ridiculous too. Oh, you know, you're looking at 50 or 60 dollars for a for a single model. And yeah, sure it can absorb a, you know, 20 25% of your army's total cost, but some it's of the new still, ones are pretty cool looking though. They are, uh, for sure. The new, the new high elf dragon, the, the high elf dragon and the dark elf dragons are, are both yeah. really spot on. Then the zombie dragon, you can also make the terror geist to it. So, yeah. so it's got a dual kit, which makes the cost a little more reasonable. Okay. So next up, we went ahead and jumped right into a different, uh, an army specific kind of choice with the empire spearman model. What's wrong with spearmen? I don't think there's anything really wrong with spearmen, but I think they suffer in in the Empire list from the fact that there are other units that are are generally better to take at the same level or the same core level that you're trying to fill your core with. So you're probably so, talking about swordmen or halberdiers, particularly. Are I think the one that seems to be in everybody's list, which which makes sense because from the Empire fluff, they always say every. Every army always has this unit of halberdiers, and traditionally, in previous editions of Warhammer, halberdiers were just kind of they junk. were like the worst one, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but now all of a sudden they're they're like the best, and the spearmen have really come to a point of like, well, they're only really good with certain magic combinations, and or as kind of bunker type units. And the Empire as a whole has kind of changed to more of an offensive combat army rather than a defensive shoot army, which is more of a spearman type role in supporting. Do you think like spear units in general are kind of not seen too often? Yeah, that too. I think that's uh, that's also a bit of a trend. I think the spear is... Same with skeletons and stuff. It's like, if I'm going to field skeletons, I think I'm going to do hand weapon shield or even bows over spears, I think, usually. Yeah, the spear has kind of gotten to be a little bit of a lesser uh, w- weapon when given the choice. If given the choice between, say, a halberd or a hand weapon and shield, it's almost always a hand weapon and shield or a halberd over a spear. There's there's really very little reasons, but most almost all the units that are armed with spears are also at like piddly strength three. I can't think of a yeah. strength four unit that's actually armed with a spear, which you know that I think that would change it up quite a bit. I think uh, Croxagor, I think or not Croxagor, uh, uh, well Soros. Soros are you have the spear option, and I think there's some some validity to maybe taking I could see those, except those are pretty expensive per model to begin with so you're not seeing hordes of saurus on the table but i could think there's some viability maybe to a horde of saurus spearmen i bet that'd be pretty tough yep if you could with laura light say supporting them so that you could buff their initiative i think that'd be a really awesome unit but other than that i think most of the cases spear all or like my i run dark elf spearmen all the time because that's the option i have yeah that's what yeah and they stink i don't care if they got (laughs) hatred i don't care if i throw armor armor piercing banners or flaming banners on them they stink good for getting stabbed to get more dice right up until yeah they're good at getting stabbed so i can get more dice and they're really good (laughs) at getting mind razored 
I mean, that's yeah, mine razored ones. Yeah, you just need that higher strength, and then it's like holy crap. But that's but that, and then all of a sudden the spear becomes amazing. I think that's yep. another reason why the Empire spearmen fall short. I think I think if spears also gave like say a plus one strength to the models when holding against a charge or that something like that, awesome. I think that would give the spear maybe a little bit more of a well maybe I take a spear versus a hand weapon and shield on you know unit because there was just just something extra that it does and right now it falls I think the spear itself just falls a little short. Is there that much defensive play anymore even? You don't I don't know. It I depends. Don't think I see a lot of turtle armor. Depends on the army, well. but the problem is is what de- the best defense is is you hold 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 you've softened things down softened things down okay now I'm going to pick that charge. I'm going to take that charge. Yeah, I guess so. Poor okay. spearman. Next up, number six on our list, Dragon and Daemon Slayers from the Dwarf Army. So these are the character level Slayers, right? Yep, these are the character levels. Our, our orange bearded little friends. Uh, these would be the character levels, both the hero and then the Daemon Slayer would be the Lord level version. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen somebody feel the Lord level version. I don't care what edition of the game it is. Unless it's just for fun. <laughs> yeah, unless it was completely for fun. But the Dragon Slayer, the hero level version, I could see this guy was kind of valid because, you know... I know you had him in a few of your lists, at least. Back, back in 7th and in early in late 6th, he was really good. At 50 points, you could put this little guy with two wounds, run around kind of on his own. But he does have to be on his own. You can't join any other dwarf units, right? Yeah, I believe that's correct. He I don't could believe be he's in even Slayers. A, I'm not he? sure if he's technically allowed to join the Slayers or not. It's been so long since I've actually go. played the played them that I don't remember. Loner rule or something. But, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they couldn't join other units, which makes him very vulnerable to, obviously, missile fire. Yep. Yeah, the lookout sir rules kind of help with that a little bit right now because you at least couldn't get four-plus lookouts because he's infantry and he's in an all-infantry army. But the big thing is, is that once you got to combat, the big thing that you'd take, like, the, say, the hero version for, because it was 50 points, you could run him around by himself, and you could use him to kind of get in the way or redirect, which is something the Dwarf Army really suffers from. They don't have a lot. He would be good enough to kind of tie pit and tar pit up a unit sometimes, because if you could get him into a unit that was, like, say, strength three, there just wasn't enough attacks, or he could lock up into challenges against, say, some champions or whatever that weren't good enough at killing him, and nowadays, there's so many attacks that somebody can direct him with the supporting attacks and the fact that units can still swing back. Yep. That it, and that they're swinging at higher strengths now that his two wounds at toughness five for the hero version or three wounds at toughness five for the lord version just isn't enough and they just, they die and get yanked off the board really quickly. Not to mention the higher, the larger number of cannonballs and, and <laughs> other, another, and, those kind of things for taking out a, a model like that so that's why I, I think that's why you don't see them now that being said i still i still think the dwarfs dwarfs dragon slayers in particular you could find a way to s- slip in a couple of 50 point ones to use say with maybe the move the i can't remember the name of the the banner but the banner that basically lets a dwarf unit move uh, before the start of the game, before you roll to see who goes first, an additional six in, or the or normal move. So you could use that to maybe help push out those dragon slayers and get them kind of out there more ahead of the army to force some redirects and stuff. So I think there's some chances that you could see it. It's something I would like to play with at some point if I had a lot more great weapon warriors uh, you know, <laughs> for my dwarfs. Unfortunately, I don't. So uh, it's been a long time since I put the dwarfs on the board. Regular slayers are still all right, though, aren't they? I think regular slayers, slayers are okay because you you have it's one of the only units that you can pump out that many attacks with, and the fact that they match 
what's it? They match their they always wound on a four plus if I remember right, which is yeah, really axe, nice. You could, well, yeah. is it always on a four plus or just one? Of, well, I guess so. Every yeah. every attack every they always wound on a four plus or or better if they if they yeah. if they would need a three plus to wound they get the three plus they don't they don't get worse in those cases, but that makes them really good against a lot of the monsters and whatever because in a big block of them, and they're unbreakable, so it's something you can guarantee that's never going to run away in your dwarf army, which is, I mean, dwarves are high leadership, but it's not something that you that you get. So it's a, it's a, and it's a, in a block that you can get a lot of attacks out. So uh-huh. one of the things I find that my dwarves have always struggled against traditionally are units like Skaven Slaves, like Zombies and Skeletons, where... I just can't get enough attacks. Dwarfs really struggle in the, in the uh, getting things to die category. <laughs> and so when you struggle and you have those t- kind of tar pit units that you're fighting where there's 50 or so guys and you're not going to, and they're steadfast against you, so they're not going to break. Dwarf slayers can come in where you have lots and lots and lots of attacks. Roll them up. Get to it. So yeah, those double hand weapons. So that's, that's one the only, the only unit that has that option. So that's chance for for you to be able to bring that to the board so i think there's some definite validness to a slayer unit okay so number five would have been the questing knights why don't you like questing knights now i don't i don't (laughs) know if i don't like questing knights i just don't ever see them on the table i've been tempted to play them before i haven't played my bretts in so long i just kept trying to figure out how to work them in but they don't seem like they would be your best option i guess you got to buy a bunch of knights for core, right? Because you have to well, buy you need at, least at least one, one lance. unit of knights of the realm. Yeah, yeah so you got to buy at least one lance, and usually more than one. One lance at core gets slipped in. Somebody gets uh, the whatever the other knights at core. It's the errant errant knights, and 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 you have to take a, a standard knights of the realm. You block. Yep. So a lot of times you got two lances there, and then if you got the choice between the special knights at questing knights or you have the Grail Knights, you know, at rare for your third Lance of Knights. Which Grail Knights you, are pretty expensive, but they're uber bad. They're really good. <laughs> they're yeah, really they're really, really cool. good. Yeah. So, when you, and then all of a sudden you start getting into points tight. If you're taking the Grail Knights, you're really points tight. And there, a lot of people just don't have the points to put in, I think, the fourth unit of that fourth Lance of, say, Questing Knights. Or that they just... Uh, it's just not something that, you know, they, they do swing last. I think they're probably a little overcosted for what they can do. They're armed with great weapons still, which you still have to swing last, but it's only plus one if you're mounted, right? Yeah. Plus one strength, which is kind of want want. Plus they are reduced in armor save because they don't get the swing with a, sh- or they don't get the, you have their shield bonus, yep. so they go to a three plus save. Which is a kind of a, a detraction. But with all of those detractions, one of the things that Bretonians kind of st- struggle at at least in my opinion when i've played them is that i struggle at after the charge i i don't i'm not really good at killing things yep (laughs) and so here's a unit that at least with the great weapons they get plus one strength there's still a three plus armor save i can pack in say a stubborn crown and they can you know on a character with the unit and this unit could probably grind for me pretty good or at least a lot better than my other units anything other than that that's not a grail uh, grail knight so i've <laughs> yeah. i've kind of thought about maybe trying to i don't own a unit currently so i'm trying you know that, that's also a deterrent for myself and wanting to play with them yeah i have two units of them like i said about i don't think i've ever actually played them but i've always been tempted to try them out they do have that special rule i think they 
are they just immune to panic or they get an extra dice for panic rolls i think or is it it's all psychology rolls i think yeah that doesn't really seem to have much benefit in the late edition here yeah because the battle standard barriers are so good at at kind of mitigating that but the i think there's a real good opportunity too for the questing knights to go into a list for theme possibilities there i think you could really how many grail knight units really are there and in questing knights would be this really cool thing like the knights are on a quest kind of theme you know and that seems to be really tied to the bretonian fluff and background yeah for sure so i think there's a really good chance to, for people to really take advantage of putting questing knights on the board They're pretty and I think cool could, looking models too yeah and i think there's you could make questing knights work it's just that it doesn't seem like there's a lot of players out there that are trying to make that unit in particular work or get put on the table so let's go ahead and step into number four then which is the hippogriffs and other similar type monsters. Yeah, kind of the mid-size monster. Yeah, mid-size, four wounds. I think griffins fall in here. Griffins are probably better than hippogriffs, maybe. Uh, maybe the empire one. Because the new empire griffin's like huge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's on a chariot base, and but I don't think it's really that much better than it used to be, and it's still a four wound, minimal or no armor save monster. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen the That's on it. toughness five, and... Yeah, those monsters, mana cores fall into this, and the vampire counts fall into one. that. And like a wing night. Well, it's not. Is it a wing nightmare or something like that? It's called. Yeah, I think I don't something like that. Yeah. So there's a bunch of monsters that kind of fall into this kind of grouping of the of the hippogriff style monsters, and yeah, I I I don't see those guys ever pretty much on the table. Like all the people that have bought Island of Blood Griffins, they've turned <laughs> them into eagles, or now they're turning them into phoenixes. Yeah. Nobody fields them as actual griffins. And you got all of these. Like, I've got a hippogriff for the Bretonians. I, I own a hippogriff I never use, and I do have, like, two of the vampire counts versions. I always am tempted to use them. I've tried to use my vampire one before, but their points isn't too bad, but I think they, they just don't hit hard enough, and they have all the negative effects of a monster, but they just have, like, no armor, and they're not really that powerful at all. Yeah, with four wounds, your character, your character's likely going to be walk, huffing it on foot by the time, by the time Very anything quickly. is, even, even regular, you even, know, missile fire, like exactly. say, say, uh, crossbows or, or, uh, handguns are just going to knock the things out of the sky. Yep. At least with bows, you're still on sixes to hit, but no save of any kind that the toughness is too soft on those monsters to keep them up and, and going. And that's where I think, I think they really fall short. It's, you know, I can deal with four attacks out of that monster at say strength yeah. five. But if, if the monster's gonna be toughness five and four wounds, that's really asking for trouble. Yeah, I've never had any luck with them. Yeah, I don't know anybody that has. And I, I wish they would work, but yeah, yeah it just doesn't cause, happen. Cause there's a huge, huge opening for monsters that, like, that are in that kind of price range that, that do fly to get around. And I, I think that would, some of that, like with the wyvern, I can put that on the board a little more reliably than, say, a hippogriff. Yeah, just because that. it's toughness six. Yep, I think it's toughness six. Is it? I don't know. It's got a four plus armor save, it and that's the big enough. thing. Yeah, the big thing is that it has a four plus armor save, and there's one other thing. I think it, maybe it had more wounds than a than a maybe, maybe. It was six wounds or something. Wyvern's maybe probably one of the bigger thinking. ones because the orcs don't have a dragon. So yeah. It's a slightly more powerful than like a hippogriff, you say. But well, it's less attacks. Yeah, it's only three attacks. But at least it keeps your character on it being tougher. Yeah, somebody with stupid blow po- poison blowpipes runs up their skinks, <laughs> doesn't just delete it in like a turn. 
you know, without you ever being able to engage it or charge anything. Or, you know, somebody that's got some crossbows, they're 30 inch range on the other side of the board. They're not deleting it from range shots. Whereas, you know, where at least a wyvern or something like that, you have, you do have that four up armor save. You do have a little bit more resiliency with uh, some more wounds or something. Uh, same with dragons. I mean, I, 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 either the, either these things, like a hippogriff, if you could give it, uh, an armor save, or you could give it another pip or two of toughness, I think you'd see a lot more of those on the board. And yeah. I don't see there's any reason why that shouldn't change. Or they got to come down a lot in points where they can be schemed as fe- viable. Yeah, if they were, if they could, if they were survivable, I think the points are all right. But even at a lower point, if it's just going to die right away, it's, it's still not yeah. too useful. <laughs> that being said, is there any, any chance where you think you could try to finagle these maybe into a list? I mean, like I said, I've put them in before, but I've just never... I guess my vampire usually did all right on it a couple times. I think these are kind of matchup dependent. And so if I was playing, like, say, a club game or a game down to the local store where I knew, like, oh, hey, I'm going to play against this guy and he's playing, say, Dark Elves and doesn't have high strength by default where he's going to need to throw something with throw a mind razor or throw a withering at my monster in order to get it and i'm going to be i know i'm going to get into combat with it somewhere just because i am playing against that player that's got that army that doesn't have a lot of high strength or a lot of high strength shooting where they're going to have to dedicate a lot of fire at it in order to tend to knock it off where i can maximize that toughness five and i could see that work whatever i think those are those are opportunities but it's really matchup dependent it's really more a, a club gaming kind of thing yeah and it'd be nice to see some more guys play it but since since uh a lot of the guys you know even the even the local store gaming like now we're playing on tuesdays at, at the square uh with that good group people aren't buying them to, to put them on the table because they feel like they're so you know they're not an all-comers type model yeah that's for sure i know you've had pretty good luck against my vampire counts specifically because i don't have anything that can shoot that that thing and it's pretty mobile to it's hard to catch yeah yeah exactly it's very matchup dependent so let's go ahead and talk about Chaos Spawn. Chaos Spawns. Now, I do know at least uh Kevin Bruins had been running these with his Beastmen, at least one his Beastmen, when kind of points allowed because he just run out of small things that he had painted up or built to kind of put in his list, I think, is a big portion of it. You know, when you're looking at that, yeah, I need something to fill in 50 or 60 points at, at like, say, a 24 or 25. And or Kevin's kind of a glutton for putting things on the board that people say are bad, <laughs> a.k.a. the double Gorgon Beastman list, and making it work. and then doing really well with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the out-of-the-ordinary solution. But otherwise, Chaos Spawn have been relegated to kind of what this role of nobody and their brother is going to put them on the table because they are considered to be terrible. And Why is that, Brian? I don't know. I was actually asking the question. I, I remember like seeing sp- like almost every chaos army I used to face would have at least one one or two spawns in it. Why? What? What made them so good? Say back in sixth edition, they were a freaking tar pit before. Exactly. They, you would beat the crap out of the thing, and it would just stay there. <laughs> you yeah, couldn't. You, you couldn't hurt it. Three wounds, toughness five. You get locked up with it back in the day with your like five, th- four guys that could swing at it all at strength three. If you're lucky, maybe yep. strength four. And you'd piddle through a wound, and then it'd be unbreakable. 
and you'd be you kind of be stuck there. Not to mention you could mark them with slantish. You could instead of having random movement two d six, you get random movement three d six. So at least the those thing, ones are pretty wicked. So yeah. yeah, the thing you could at least keep up or stay ahead of, say your infantry or knights. And there was just those kind of things that that made the chaos spawn back in those days really really good. Then things got faster, charge ranges got longer. Say so, you know now it's. Four, you know, even my infantry is four plus two d six rather than just the two d six of a spawn. Yeah, lots I've got of attacks coming. Yeah, at you. lot. You know, there's so many more attacks that are coming at it, and so and it can't really. And it, they lost the slenish gives it an extra d six of movement. Uh-huh. So even the slenishy ones that used to kind of occasionally see the table are no longer yeah. on the board either. Two d six makes it pretty slow. Yeah, it's, and it's not very reliable. It's <laughs> on average going to move seven, which is slower than your average infantry unit in the same army, which is move four. Which and that's not eight. a very good charge range either. Yeah, if only going seven. It doesn't get anything extra for a charge. Your infantry is going to charge something, and you either have to stop a turn of movement from your infantry and just push your spawn forward. Uh huh. Just so they can get a head start, and that maybe really even two turns, it, depending on how you roll. What if they had scout or something? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think if they had ambush might be a good rule for them, where they could be pop up good. behind the enemy lines or and be Vanguard able to pop into a, into a roll. Or, yeah, Vanguard would be a good one. <laughs> that makes sense if there's just random spawns around on the table. They're not necessarily in your battle line, but they just come or out. If they, or if they could like come up from below so they would just spring out of from like nothing. That would be kind of cool. Can you just summon it? You can't summon a chaos spawn. No, there's a couple of rules on the on the Eye of the Gods table now that if you like fail a leadership check, instead of turning into a demon prince, you turn into a spawn or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So I, I guess Games Workshop's trying to make us buy some spawn that way. They but did bust out that cool kit. I mean, that's a pretty good kit, the yeah. spawn kit. You get tons of stuff in there. Yeah, it's full of bits and stuff. I think you can make two spawns from it, even. Yeah, I think the kit makes two spawns. It's a really cool kit. Spawns just kind of went the way of the dodo. And, For sure. And have just lost their effectiveness. That being said, they are still unbreakable. They are still toughness five. There's still three wounds. There's still strength four with random attacks. I think there's still weapon skill three, which is kind of a downfall as well. Yeah. They can kind of... They can take care of and really cause some havoc with almost any chaff in the game. So you could keep them on the, on the flanks of an army and kind of use them to hold off stuff or, or make people really think about where they're going to put, say, their goblin chariot. Because if your spawn gets into it, that chariot's maybe not going to die, but it's just going to basically be locked up for the rest of the game. So it kind of helps keep things maybe off your flank. You could use it in, a, say, a Warriors of Chaos army and in a Beastman army. It can do a very similar kind of thing, but the rest of your chaff kind of being able to do what your chaff wants it to do, what you want your chaff to do. So I think there's some possibilities there for Chaos Spawn, but again, it's when Just you how have slow it is is probably yeah. what makes it difficult. Not to mention when you have Chaos Hounds, which you can get Vanguard for an upgrade, you can get Poison on, and you can flee with them. It and they can get out there; they're faster as well at move seven. Mm-hmm. And cheaper to get a unit of five chaos hounds. You can, I think it's thirty points is really? what you can wow. drop a, a unit of chaos hounds. So you can put basically two units of chaos hounds on the board for one spawn. Yeah, there's there's some real problems with that I, I really hope that maybe in the next iteration of chaos books they uh, fix the spawn for fantasy because it's kind of a shame that guy just so, falls so, short too. in too many too many categories. I miss seeing him. Next up, the swarm. 
we just kind of lumped swarms together here. There yeah. are a couple of examples of swarms I think we were talking about when we were putting the show together that we thought were still pretty viable in, in the spirit host and the bat swarm. Yeah. But those are both for vampire counts, and I think those are exceptions to the rule rather than, say, the, the actual deal for swarms. Because I, I, other than those two examples... You never see a swarm on the board. I mean, when's the last I time? Tell, well, last time I played TK, but that's that's an exception. <laughs> yeah, because you, you're just a glutton for punishment when you Apparently. put your Tomb Kings on the board. I like swarms, but yeah, they're, I don't know, they and don't have much use. Sadly. And that's another unit that used to be just yeah, the sure. awesomeness, and I really wish they'd get some of their old awesomeness rules back. So they were good at tar pit and was the use of them, wasn't Exactly, because they used to be unbreakable just straight out, so you didn't matter how many wounds. you uh-huh. like, I knew they were going to die. You always knew your swarms yeah. were going to die. It was just with less attacks coming at them, and no, and no crumble. You're just staying unbreakable. You could tie something up for two, three rounds, four rounds, five rounds, sometimes a whole game, uh-huh. depending on how bad the unit was in combat. <laughs> and you know, with say a unit that's strength two, tough two, you, you know, five wounds, five usually. wounds, and you got three or four of them, you know, and that was really good. And you don't have that anymore nope. with a swarm because you have the higher volume of attacks coming at things, and then you're unstable yeah. too, or whatever it is, which you're gone, and it's like a joke. It's I not think, even a speed bump. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you just hit them and they're gone. Exactly. If if you got rid of unstable, I think you'd seize people put swarms on the board. Yeah, probably. Uh, but and then you'd have to reduce maybe the points on some of the swarms. Like I, I, I remember that, they're definitely pretty costly. Those freaking jungle swarms and a lizardmen used to be just crazy good. You know, <laughs> they'd have poison too. Yep. And swarms and a couple other like snarling swarms. Those things used to be Nurglings awesome. Nurglings used to see all the time. Yeah, yeah. Nurglings. I think there's another. Maybe that's another swarm you see on the table. I think they get yeah, but scout or something like that though. Last I knew, they had scout. Yeah. I don't remember. I, don't I, I would have to look at the demon book like to, to verify that one. I don't know. But, yeah, I think uh, you do see Nurglings on the tor- table now, too. Yeah, a little bit. But that's also because of the Mark and Nurgle, and, their demo- and, the de- and they got the demonic instability rather than yeah. uh, the unstable rule. I think even just being minus one to hit would kind of make sense for all swarms. That would help a little bit. Yeah, I, that would definitely help. Because that would be kind of I mean, there are little things all over the place. How many of them are you going to hit in one swat? Exactly. Yeah, sure. You killed like a, a pile of these ants and bugs or whatever, like say on the on the Tomb King ones, you have a bunch uh-huh. of scarabs. It's what a scarab swarm, isn't it, or something like that? It's just a tomb swarm. There's scarabs and scorpions and centipedes yeah. and everything. You're going to swat so many scarabs or you know, scorpions, but how many of them are you really going to get? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a real opportunity to for swarms to get better. And I, I honestly, this is one where I just... I'm kind of at a loss as to what you can do to make it worthwhile to put put a swarm on the table. But we it didn't make our number one spot just because there were a couple of viable swarms still on the table that you do still see. Yeah, we mentioned the bat swarm. Mm-hmm. Anything they're in base with is always strike last, which is kind of neat. I know people have utilized that. I've I've been tempted to, but I never fit them into a list. And then the spirit host, of Being course. A, yeah, ethereal. You're not the taking ethereal. all the wounds, so yeah. that balances out the unstable. Exactly. So they were never really bad for that. They're still kind of costly, but, but there's a use ethereal. for them. Yeah. I'm, I want to get them back in my list, but I still haven't fit them in there. So We just talked about Nurglings because they got the mark of Nurgle. The minus one to hit makes them pretty viable, along with everything and else in Nurgle stabi- being like amazing. Yeah. 
So there, so there are a couple of viable swarms, but for the most part, swarms are... I think if they're lower cost, that might help quite a bit, too. If you had a big enough swarm, it'd probably work out, maybe. Lower cost and get rid of unstable. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to spend 200 points to buy enough maybe. buy enough swarm models to basically survive <laughs> one round of combat. Sorry, yeah. that's just not a viable, disposable unit that should be just kind of chaffing and blocking things up, so... Uh-huh. Finally, our last, last but not least, absolute number, our, what we thought was our number one thing that we used to see all the time on the Warhammer table and just never see it anymore since this iteration of the Empire book came out. And that is shooting the, Nerf bullets now. Yeah, the Nerf bullet Empire mortar. <laughs> Good thing I have three of them. Yeah, nothing like hinging and building kind of an army <laughs> almost around, say, the Empire mortar. Yeah. What's wrong with the mortar? Well, strength two is is the problem with the mortar. Yep. Strength two. It no does have armor the big piercing. template. It doesn't it doesn't even have one armor piercing. I don't anymore. think it has armor piercing at I all. I think it's just strength either, two, but... and then strength five or six under the hole. But uh-huh. it it's it's suffers the stone thrower problem. So it's not. I mean, yeah, it's a five inch template, but it's not it's very the, accurate. It's the low strength. I think is the biggest thing. Yeah. Now. That being said, strength two kind of bites on it. Everything's you're seeing you're so much everything on like sixes almost. So even. much toughness four on the table. It it really becomes matchup dependent. You need to have you playing against a toughness three army yep. before it becomes viable. Like infantry, yeah, yeah, toughness, toughness three, three infantry. infantry. So like against elves, mortars are still viable. Yep, but against pretty much you know in other empire armies, but against pretty much anything else. It's in, you know, in, in Skaven. Yeah. And, and, and the. Maybe, maybe goblins or. Goblin armies and stuff where you're still Zombies, toughness three skeletons. light infantry. Yeah. The skeletons, zombie ho- swarms. See, I'm not sure why they nerfed it so much. It's kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know I, I, why they were hating on it. I, I think the, I think the big thing was that you'd get the shadow empire defense withering, drop a mortar on a unit. And a unit would be destroyed. And I think they were trying to get rid of that a bit by making the mortar strength two. But the problem is, is that now it's to the point of, uh, now it's obsolescence. For sure. Nobody, nobody puts them on the board anymore. And that's kind of, that's kind of sad. At the same time, it's nice to see changes in the army, but in the way a single army plays. And, and I think that's helped bring about a more of an offensive and aggressive empire army. Yeah, for sure. But it would be nice now if, if they would have left mortars the way they were, I think you could still see that defensive empire army being pretty successful because the, the problem with empire is it, the, 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 now it's ballistic skill shooting, which isn't good. And was kind of going to fall into our list of things you don't see a lot on the board is is you know significant ballistic skill shooting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it didn't quite make the cut, and so and then you got cannons, and so you don't have anything to take masses of unit uh, models off from a distance really like you used to with Empire, which made the defensive army not viable. Yep. And you really have to support an Empire Mortar. If you want to put it on the board, it has to have magic support in order to get it consistency around other armies. And there's so many other things you want to do with magic because you have so many things you have to try to support in an Empire Army with your magic. You have to support your infantry 
once they get to combat. You have to support your artillery, and you still want your magic to be doing something offensively. So there's too many things and not enough dice to make the Empire Mortar being able able uh, a selection that you're able to support with an Empire Army. I think it still costs quite a bit too. Yeah, it's still fairly expensive for what it really it's does. At least a hundred, if not. I thought More, it came I in. I think they jacked up the price to like a hundred points or something like that. And yeah. if it would, I think you could argue if it was at like seventy five, you could probably argue some value. Twenty five points, while it doesn't seem like it's a lot, is huge. Yeah, that's like you know four or five infantry models in an mm-hmm. empire army. So it's kind of sad just having something like be completely useless, which is almost what the mortar is. <laughs> I guess that's why it's our top one. Yeah, it's, it's it, 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 it was, it was really, really one of those things that as soon as the new book came out, like there were a gone. couple of guys, yeah. like I'm bound to determine I'm going to make this work. And like after a month of the book being out, it was just, it just yeah. vacated. I mean, Meal doesn't even field one anymore, nope. does he? A couple of cannons. It, it has been completely shelled by everybody I know. So yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of, it, it, Definitely vanished off the table, and it vanished in a hurry. Yeah. There's kind of our top eight units uh, we don't see on the table anymore. Is Sadly. There, yeah, <laughs> and, and I think we've brought up some reasons why, obviously, they don't, we don't see them, but, you know, reasons why maybe you could try to maybe hopefully on some of them figure out how to get them in the list. Say, like, the we just got done talking about the Empire Mortar. Say, you know, if you could figure out how to get the magic support in to support your mortars, the mortars, I think, could still be devastating. But you got to have a lot of ways to reduce potent's toughness to make them good. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and, and work on wrapping up the show. Do you want to speed up your games with super accurate measuring and control your dice from flying everywhere? Then Prism Gaming is your place to shop. Do you love beautiful, bold colors and amazing washes with a huge selection of colors? Then Prism Gaming is your place to shop. If you love to game, then you love Prism Gaming. For all of their products and materials, shop www.prismgamer.com. Okay, and we're back. Back. Back in the saddle again. Oh, yeah. Are you going to have a mixtape coming out soon? <laughs> uh, no, no. Okay, so we're we back from Greg here. Thanks thanks for hanging out with us. I wanted to go ahead and give a quick shout-out to David Groves. Who's David, David Groves? David Groves was on one of the... Uh, Conzie's diaries a while back to talk about the gaming scene in his area. And I meant to do some more of those with some of the listeners trying to get, you know, help people get an idea what gaming scenes were in other areas of the country. But it, that really hasn't, I ran, I've kind of fell off the radar with time. But David, I think he saw the Starship Trooper stuff that I painted, put it up on the web, kind of got a hold of me and said, Hey, I'm kind of doing some cleaning. I've got, uh, I've got a pile of stuff here. Ooh. Let me know what your address is so I can send you some stuff. And he really didn't tell me what any of that stuff was before he sent it to me. I'm like, okay, I'll just, whatever. I'm sure it'll be cool geek stuff. I'll find some use for it. He sent me a bunch of Starship Trooper stuff, a bunch of the, the actual army books or the codexes or whatever wow. they called them, plus a bunch of models. Some of them were actually pretty rare. Some of the metal, the <laughs> metal models are pretty rare and hard to find at this point. So I'm jealous. 
yeah, that was awesome. Thanks a lot, David. And, and any, that was just awesome. And so I want to make sure that you got a shout out here and we called it out. So never played that game. Bugs are pretty cool. Yeah. We <laughs> I got to get them painted up and then we should play some, play some of that game too. That'd be really good. Get geezy playing. Yeah. So I can lay the smack down. Geezy plays. Yeah. <laughs> there's some other people that I think might play within the area. So to find definitely them. a great game. And thanks a lot, David. Really appreciate it. And yeah, that was awesome. I was the first, one of the first times that that kind of ever happened for, for us here at Wisco Dice that somebody out there, you know, we've gotten some cash shout outs before and we appreciate those. I mean, cash goes a long ways. Obviously we can direct that to things like the new microphone I'm using today for today's show. That was just so awesome just to come kind of completely out of the blue and say, Hey, Here's some models I'm looking to get rid of. Boom. It was just awesome. I, I I was really floored and really appreciative of that. So keep it up. Thanks, for David, for listening. And we'll keep on doing sh- great trying to put together at least some kind of show for you to listen to. So. <laughs> <laughs> What? what kind Today's. Of that? What? <laughs> I guess he recorded the audio track now. now. I remember. On today's Conzie's rant, we're gonna go ahead and rant a little bit about all of the ranting that goes on on the interwebs, all of the uh, interwebs anger about pricing of Games Workshop product. Okay, we play Games Workshop. We like the game. There's lots of alternatives out there at this point. If you don't want to spend $8 billion on Games Workshop price models. There's lots and lots of options out there, but at no means we're war gamers. We didn't get into this because the game was cheap. We didn't get into war gaming because it was cheap. There are other games out there that cost more money. Now, I can get into some shady business practices and maybe come out of Games Workshop or, or shady this or shady that, but ultimately, the whining about prices, come on. It makes me angry just as much as the next guy, but getting all angry about the interwebs is not going to do anything about it. I mean, me being angry at Games Workshop and not buying anything from them for a month didn't really do anything about it. You know, it's just not... They're it's feeling just, it. Yeah, they, they did, well, they might have felt it. I mean, <laughs> it was a whole whatever, couple hundred dollars I probably wouldn't have spent with them, whatever. But, uh yeah, it, it, it just isn't... I would say it's not getting anywhere. So unless everybody out there really got on their horse and said, no, we're not going to buy Games Workshop for a month. And even that probably wouldn't even be a dent in, in it. Uh, until, until things get worse for your Games Workshop, I don't think that things are going to drastically change in the pricing category. So you might as well just, I mean, quit hating Games Workshop because it's expensive and suck it up. Take it like a wargamer that we are. It's not like their product hasn't improved or anything to help slightly justify the cost. It definitely has improved, and the products are are the kits are really quite awesome. I mean, now that you kind of need a lot of the big kits, you need instructions to put the kits even together. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know that's that's kind of crazy how far it's come from from stuff like single piece pewter model. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
definitely get off it. It's, it's just silliness. It, is what it, is. It, it really, the really ultimately all the griping and the hate that you see on the internet's about Games Workshop and their pricing and whatever, all it really does is chase new players away from the game. That's really what we're doing by, by hating on it that much. And if you really don't want new game players getting in the game, I guess that's fine. If that's your goal, that's fine. I'm not here to tell you, but it, it hurts the rest of us that are actually big fans of the game and want to be able to play and find new gamers. It, that's like the worst thing to, for for them to hear is that it's expensive and the, all the complaining and whatever. So just get off of it. It's, it's, it's just not something that needs to happen. If you don't want to play, you don't want to spend money on it, that's fine. You want to direct, direct your group and your gaming area to not play and whatever, that's fine. But... You know, getting on the internet just drives players away from the game, which ultimately hurts guys like Brian and I who actually want to play some more Hammer Fantasy. Yep, yep. Okay. Next up, what's our hobby and gaming goals for the next couple of weeks? Do we, do we have any goals for actually gameplay? I think we do later today. Yep. We're going to catch a game later today. Uh, Tuesday, obviously, Tuesday night, I'm going to catch It'll another 2K game. I got to miss it for a derby scrimmage. Oh, uh, slacker. Wah, wah. That's why I'm anxious to get the game today, but I'm sure there'll be more games in there somewhere. Yeah, probably the next Tuesday. Better freaking be there. <laughs> Hope so. I've been hoping to make it out. Of course, hobby-wise, I think there's there's some goals that that are lingering. I'm going to need to be accomplished. Something's going to happen. Something that's going to help. I definitely want to get the. I mentioned earlier, I want to get that men off battle group assembled so those guys can hit the table. Will be cool, and then back to painting some ghouls. So maybe I'll have half an army done by the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know. Half an army? You I know. Get a whole army together. I know. It seems daunting at the moment just because I haven't worked on them at all. But hopefully we'll get back into it pretty quick. All right. So I've, I've got, obviously, in the next couple of weeks or so, I need to knock out my Necronites for my Tomb Kings. That really needs to be a, a high-priority project. I need to finish the four uh, crew also for the... The, Sphinx. uh, Sphinx too. Those, those need to be completely finished. Whereas the Necronites, I just need to get them to a base coated and all the, all the color, everything. So there's no primer showing anymore. Basically painted level, which isn't finished. And I, I really don't want to put that on the table that way, but uh, I need to be able to make sure that I can get them on the table in some form it, for Blood in the Sun. That's kind of critical since I've already passed list submission. I really don't want to have to change my list all of a sudden because I, I couldn't actually get the stuff on the table that I had submitted. So, and that's a big one because I they're missing models I can borrow. I don't, I just don't, I'm not going to be able to borrow enough models to make that goal and make them. So, and then I really need to get the 20 archers built, all their base work done and all of them built and on and ready to go and primed up so that they're ready to get painted. I don't know that I necessarily have to have them painted. Or get the base coats on them by the next time we record, but that'll kind of depend on when we when things fall together for us to record again. So that's pretty much my goals. Hopefully, gonna make those and achieve them. Hopefully, don't get locked up with too much stuff. What did we talk about today, Brian? Uh, we talked a little bit about Impact City Roller Derby. Yep. And also some awesome miniatures from Zombie Smith. Yeah, those are some pretty cool minis. And our main topic, we ran down some of the Warhammer stuff you don't see on the table. Yeah, some of the stuff we don't see, and obviously things that we kind of wish we saw a little more often, just because they make for more varied and interesting games. We miss you guys. <laughs> I'm all teary-eyed. How do you find the show to download? What are some places you could find the show? iTunes and BlackBerry Podcast and Stitcher Smart Radio. 
Of course, you can catch us at wiscodice.com and, and you can get the show. You can download us directly from the site as well as catching up on what the show's hosts are doing through our blogs, as well as all sorts of interesting things regarding like our YouTube channel and our various social media outlets, which include... Like Facebook? Yeah, like Facebook. <laughs> and Twitter. And Twitter. And Google+. Plus. on Twitter. Google+. And, of course... Uh, and also, on our contacts page, you can catch all of our contact information, including our email. Is it host at Wisco Dice? Yeah, <laughs> that email. Good guess. <laughs> okay. And, of course, you always just make sure that you catch us on WiscoDice.com, see what's going on. We've got trying to get things more and updated. We, sorry for the lack of website output. It's been a little bit frustrating at least the last two weeks to a month here. My web host has had a few difficulties, and we're working on doing some things to shore that up in the next upcoming week. So apologize for any problems you might have had. We'll go ahead and get that taken care of. All right, anything else you wanted to add, Brian? Nope. All right, let's go <laughs> ahead. Everybody else, take care. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>